0: today's podcast um welcome first of all um listeners and welcome to everyday parenting podcast um i today i um have a a husband and wife who um came to me um uh two and a half years ago kind of right we were just discussing kind of right as the uh, right as the pandemic was uh hitting hitting the East coast. Um, um and, uh, as many of, you know, I have listeners and, and people that I work with, um, with parenting, um, from all over the world. So this, this is a very unique moment in time for me, um, working with families because, um, as I, and I have families that I work with on the East coast, as, as you'll hear today, um, and working with parenting and working with strategies and things, but the, the very interesting piece that has kind of, um, hit me as I'm um, as we are, and we are all kind of heading back into this world. Um, and I call it the re-entry that we are re-entering this world again, uh, um, re-entering our everyday lives, re-entering, um, ourselves into the everyday world. And, um, I had a very unique perspective of how that was with the families that I work with in, in Europe. Um, I was seeing, um, I was seeing things evolving there before they evolved here. Um, And so this unique perspective of seeing how things shut down, how and I call it the wave, how I was seeing I was seeing the wave of parenting. I was seeing the wave of marriages. I was seeing the wave of how schools were being shut down. I was seeing how how work environments were changing. I was seeing it all play out before it hit here in the United States. And I was in the middle of this very large wave um, that was coming our way. And, you know, when I think back at him, I think, wow, it really was a unique moment. Um, and, it, but I was absolutely, I was in the middle of this wave and I couldn't, and I felt like I couldn't um, fully grasp what was going on, even though I, I could see what was going on. I could prepare, but I almost wanted to put this alert out to everybody. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Get prepared. I'm seeing what's playing out. Everybody. But I honestly couldn't in so many ways because I literally was in the midst of this tidal wave. And so I was doing my best. And I was, I was working with the families um, on in, in, in the European families, and then coming here to the States. And, and here is an example of a family that came, um, came to me um in, in this moment of trying to figure out how to have two careers, two, two jobs, two careers, and raising a child. And um in this time, as we have all seen, um, in this time, what we have all experienced is we had a, a, a genuine moment of pausing, a, a real time of reflecting, a real time of of being with ourselves, being with our children, really learning about our children in so many ways. Um, and this time has allowed us, I believe, for us to really see ourselves and also. Not to see ourselves, but to really listen to ourselves. And today, Ronnie and Jennifer are going to share an experience that I hope will um, will um, kind of lead you to to understand how you know how our childhood um, experiences from being a young a young child a young and we're going to talk. Ronnie's going to kind of tell his story of a young boy how. His, his childhood unfolded not only in his childhood but also how his childhood unfolded as an adult because that, as I've been teaching and preaching for so many years, is we grow, right? We are continually growing, and as we're growing, we are unfolding. And uh, Jennifer just got back from a, from a uh, winter break and she brought back to Ronnie something, and he showed it to me the other day, and it was this, this candle. And it had a butterfly on it. And it made me think um, about the unfolding. And I think when I think back to this time that we were all kind of um, within our little chrysalis, we were almost all within our little chrysalis with our children, with our family, with, you know, trying to survive. And we, were, we are unfolding right now. We are coming out and we're unfolding our wings and trying to decide, trying to see, trying to understand what and it tries to, the next journey of who we're going to become and this is a story of someone that has l- literally gone through this in the last couple months um we have talked we have worked we have um had you know just time to reflect and time to and to really process this and so today i want to introduce um ronnie and jennifer shingalo and i'm recording this today because uh, Ronnie is heading off um, next week on a, a tour and he's going to describe that to you later, but I want to put that out there. So the timing of this is, is really important that we capture him right now before he does fly, before he does literally make his wings work for him. So welcome Ronnie and welcome Jennifer and please, uh, please share your story
1: with us. Thanks for having us on the air. Thank you. Um, very nice to be here. Um, I was thinking as you were talking about the pandemic and when it hit, um, I was working full time and I call on a Sunday. Actually, I got an email a couple of weeks before really shut down here in the States. I have a friend who lives in Italy. And she emailed me and she said, it's coming. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, and um I kind of had been following it and I was supposed to go actually down to Florida, I believe, for a, just a weekend um with a cousin of mine to take a few days. And I had booked the trip before this sort of was happening. So I was I was struggling to cancel the flight because I decided I didn't want to get on a plane mm. as I started to hit here. Well, I got a call from work. Um my day job work saying we're gonna take the week off of coming into the office. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of see what happens as this sort of passes by.
0: Sure, sure, right?
1: <laughs> Halfway through that week, it had hit like at the second-ish week of top of the second week of March.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was like, whoa. And my daughter's preschool shut down. So we went completely remote. I was working full time from home, and this 4 year old in preschool full time and very active yeah. for eight or nine hours a day at the preschool. Yeah, suddenly home. Yeah, and in, yes, along with a you know a, a full-time responsibility of, of a job and um, everything else that comes with that. And um, same thing happened for, for Jennifer. She, yeah,
3: we're fortunate enough to have daycare on campus. And- I remember getting that call it's Friday, March 12th, I think. And they said, okay, come get your kids. It was around <laughs> 30. We think we have a positive case. And I just remember that panic because we didn't know at the time, you know, how deadly it was, how contagious it was. We didn't know much. So I just remember throwing all my stuff in a bag and, and running, literally running over there to go get her. And then that was it. We were remote from then on.
0: And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was scary. It was, it was, yep.
1: Yeah. It was extremely scary. And then, you know, through that process of being home and working full time, um, it it became apparent that it was very difficult to be a parent and at the same time with this young, very active child and curious child. um, And
0: And I think I think difficult is an understatement for a lot, right, for all of us. Oh my goodness! Right? Oh,
1: like I I don't know how I'm going to do this.
3: Yeah, every day I thought, okay, we made it through another day. Yeah. So many parents out there that felt that. Yes. Yeah. Much much worse, but everybody's situation is is you know it was hard. It was hard.
1: Yeah. So as a result of that, we 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 decided we we needed to get some help to figure it out, and that's I guess that's when we sort of reached out and found you. Yeah. 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 And, uh, that was, that was a, a, a pivotal moment because in, in those, those few sessions, um, we were able to, to develop tools to get on a schedule and to, to take intervals of time with her to focus on, on, on things and put her on a schedule as if she was in school still. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. To
1: to be that teacher as well. Yeah. And, um,
0: that was incredible. Candy helpful. candy
1: jars and all kinds of <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: wait a minute. Candy jars.
1: <laughs> all sorts of like
0: <laughs> all sorts of tricks, right? <laughs> motivations. Let's just call them motivations, right?
1: <laughs> posters to put on the refrigerator and on the wall and rewards and in the bathroom and like all <laughs> kinds of stir reward program like you know, ideas. Yeah. It got creative got creative with it and got to know her as as my child be. Right? <laughs> Okay. just because, you know, um, the amount of time you spend at a job and then whatever else you do in terms of your hobby or your passion, if it's not your job, and then you sleep and then you, you spend a lot of time in between those things, whether it's commuting or whatever. At the end of the day, there's not a whole lot of time in a day to spend with your loved ones if, if, if you don't have that luxury of being around them all the time. Yes. Um, and so this was on the on the flip side an opportunity to do just that,
2: mm. mm-hmm.
1: and it forced us to get to know one another, yeah. which was the yeah. gift of it all in the midst of this
0: right.
1: tragedy. This this you know. I of- truly,
0: I truly, I'm a hundred percent. That's what I've been saying. I just, I think of, of anything that's come out of this is that we have had that opportunity to really, really get to know each other again the the good, the bad, and the you know, the ugly of it all. We, you know we've learned about each other we've had that opportunity we've been forced into this and yeah it's it's uh, you know yes uh, of, the, of the positive that's come out of this that is it that is it yeah
3: it accelerated our growth i think as humans in some ways yes. if we yeah. took it as the opportunity that's the key making yes. sure thinking about that as the silver lining and that that could be you know that was challenging
0: that time <laughs> definitely yeah. yeah no it was and you know and I and I think you know that that fact that you reached out and you made that contact with me you know that was an opportunity for all of us to work together and 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 to see the growth and and to cry and to scream and to to work through the challenges and you know but that's what it is and that's you know that's it's it's that reaching out it's that you know I heard you I saw you um, the the power of zoom the power of the voice the power of the you know, being able to do that. Um, and, um, you know, I felt, I, I think you felt that I, I heard you. I think, I think that was the relationship we built and we were able to build off of that. And, um, that, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. That was, a, that was, um, a time, you know, a time when we would, my, my daughter would find someone to watch her for that hour so that we could have, be able to sit and focus together. And it was our time with you. and um. I remember just when the session was over walking away and just feeling like, okay, I've got this, man. Mm. I've got mm-hmm. this, like, no matter what, I've got tools, I'm developing these tools and these, and I have things to look to now that, you know, just sort of put the fear and the anxiety just to the side slightly, because I had actual physical things that I could do.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. action in, in, in some ways. And so, um, that, that was really helpful. And then and, uh, through that, I think that things about my personal self and my life started to open up. Um, I was going through a time where I had just lost my father yeah, uh, yeah. less than a year um, because I remember saying to my mom, there is no way my dad would have been up for this pandemic thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Not be able to go anywhere and talk to people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So but yeah, so I was still, I'm, you know, was I it, it, grieving is a lifelong process. I,
0: yes, it is. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I was in the I was in the first year of that, so still the, the shock of it all.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I started to realize like that, you know, deep down, I, you know, that this might be something I need to kind of explore on a my own personal level as well at some point, and then yeah,
0: yeah. Ron, Ronnie, can I can I throw in something real quick? Because I remember something you said way back when, uh telling me about the experience. um Because you went over to vi- have a meal time, uh, a dinner with your. I think you had a i like, I think you did it weekly or something. I don't know if you you did we you did frequent dinners with your family, right? Yep. And I I remember you telling me the story and expressing that one story of. Uh, we went and had dinner one night, and 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 your daughter was, you know, you. There was the will. Will she sit still? Will will well, Can can we get through this meal? Uh, but that's not that. That's not what I took away from that. What I took away from that was, I I went to this meal and my father wasn't there, and 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 I believe you said that you sat in his chair. Oh, so you sat in the chair that your father would normally sit in, and I. That still still stuck with me today. Yeah. Um, when I first met you and that was a very powerful moment. And I think a moment of, you know, one of many experiences of, of, you know, taking on that role, right. Of now, now you are, now you are that adult male, um, within that family system. And I think that's something you really took to heart, um, during this, this whole time here. And I, um, and as we continue to discuss how this, how, how, how you became and how you, are you, um you know, you are unfolding and, and, and finding your wings. Um, I, it's going to become apparent of that, that sentence is going to kind of come ring true, uh, that, you know, it ends up to be your biggest worry. Right. And yeah. it also was a very powerful statement for you to say that. And I remember that very clearly.
1: Yeah. I do remember it to as chair, um, in, in the play area down downstairs where they used to spend a lot of time together, actually. Um, I remember it very clearly. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So interesting, right? It's interesting when we think back and have that moment to to just reflect on that, of sitting in that chair and and being in that space, um, a space where you know a, a father that um, you know. Can you t- can you go into a little bit about your father? I think that will kind of be a good segue into sure into your childhood and. and...
1: Yeah, um, he um, he was definitely. Um, a good man. He had a difficult upbringing, and somehow navigated his way through that. I think the idea of therapy and help in that time for someone like him, it was just not something that.
0: No, no.
1: Another yeah. Italian guy from New Jersey, kind That's- of. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean- Imagine that session. I would actually like to take on that session. An Italian man from New Jersey. Let, let's see what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And here I am. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I four years in the service. He met my mom after that. He got into the local union as an electrician and, you know, started a family and dedicated his life to that as best he could. He um, was an avid sports fan. Um. And, um, as I, as I, as I grew up, he encouraged me to play sports, but, um, I couldn't find my way through that because I was, I was a little guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was difficult for me to like, even consider playing basketball or, um, even baseball for that matter. It was just a little guy, um, small framed guy. And, um, and I was a late bloomer. so. I think that was difficult for him to accept because he wanted that from me so bad because he loved sports so much. So that kind of happens. Right. Um, and I tried and tried and tried to, to, to play that role, but, um, you know, ultimately I had other things in mind, um, you know, right out of, out of the womb, I was, I heard music. So, Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: you know, so that was my passion, just like sports was his passion.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: and so you know that that took some time to and with our relationship but but ultimately he was very much there for me when I struggled with sports in school because of my size and that whole bullying thing that happens yeah
2: yeah
1: not just to guys that are you know little but I mean it happens to everyone all sorts of whatever I mean it's it it but um, it happened to me for sure and it, it was something that definitely was very difficult to, to, to deal with as, as a young boy. Um, so one of the things that I turned to was to follow that inner inner voice saying music, music,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: naturally just really good rhythm naturally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Dance, and I could definitely like play a beat and keep, keep time. So I think it was in um like, it was like third or fourth grade when you pick an instrument um, and you can rent it for the year yes yeah. I, I picked uh, an alto saxophone mm. and um, I remember we ordered it and my father was like okay this is what you want to do I said I want to try it you know, um, and I didn't want to play flute I didn't want to play clarinet I, you know, and drums were out of the question it was like no you're not going to play drums I'm <laughs> <laughs> like we're not doing that and I get it <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I didn't, I wasn't re- was
3: drummed on your desk then.
1: right I <laughs> um, so I got the saxophone and the first day I got it, I remember going to the to the music room um my music teacher he went by Mr D who was Mike Mike uh, Mike D'Andrea he um he um we took the saxophone out he showed me how to put the neck on and tighten it how to wet the reed put the reed in the mouthpiece and he showed me a couple of things like where to put your hands I kind of naturally just knew. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, I was playing like "Mary Had a Little Lamb," I believe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star," but that, that's, that's that's yeah,
1: yeah. Like within minutes, and and this
0: wow.
1: wow. room was right next door to the band room, and he was like, "Come with me." And the chorus was in session, and he stopped the chorus teacher can't remember her name and said, "My friend Ronnie here is going to put a little performance on for you. This is minute- oh
2: gosh."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here goes, <laughs> and so sure, I, I, I played, I played through it, and I got the applause, and I was like, "Oh, I'm hooked, man! This is it."
0: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. So from there, it was, it was, it was all just off to the races with it. Um, and I think that I got into band and stage band, and I played saxophone, and um, I kept looking back at the drums while I was in band, and he'd be like. <laughs> like snap, he'd whistle, and And I kept looking at the snare drum player and the bass, the bass drum player. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to do that. I'm I'm kind of starting to get bored of this a little bit. Anyway, I, I, I basically, um, one day was just playing, um, the drums. I, I just sat down at the drums and I started to just play them. And he heard me and he basically went home and he said, You need to get this kid drum lessons Mm. happen. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And my father was like, okay, (laughs) he's got him the saxophone. He's like, yeah, he'll play that too, but he's definitely got to get drum lessons. Mm. Um, so, um, for my communion, I believe my father bought me a drum set. We took me, which one you like kid. Wow. And, um, he set up a tiny little riser downstairs in my basement and he put a light over for me. He was an electrician and I had my intervals of time to play. Most of which when he wasn't home <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: drum practice, it's kind of hey, like,
2: newbie. <laughs> I,
1: but nonetheless, when it was time to eat, he just flicked the lights on and off and I knew it was time to be, to be done. <laughs> I would, do that. And so, yeah, that was, that was his way of just, um, he, he, he kind of really, he kind of really supported it in his own way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he, did he, did he ever, did he ever doubt? Did he ever say, Oh, I really want you to play basketball or I really still want you. Did he ever go back and forth or he just kind of took your conviction?
1: No. Um, see, I played baseball, even though I kind of didn't love it. Mm
0: hmm. Mm-hmm
1: like minor league and little league. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't bad at it. I sort of found my way. He found a position for me that made sense, which was like second base. You don't have
2: sure. sure.
1: for it, but you sure. have fast. Yeah. Which was, and that, that worked. Um, but, but it was, it was, it was tough because, um, you know, it hurts to get hit by the ball in baseball. When- <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. yes, it does.
1: you know, and so I, I was just kind of afraid of the ball for a while and stuff and mm-hmm. he knew it, so. I did it as long as I could. And, um, um, I just remember, I think I played in, I played in high school till my junior year. And then I was like, I'm done with this. And he didn't really have much to say about it by then. He kind of, he kind of knew it wasn't where, I, where my head was at. Sure, sure. I did try football as, as a freshman and he was mortified about that. He was like, you sure? Mm. I don't want you to do this. Mm. Mm. I tried it and, and, um, I played for the season. The, the, the team was terrible. Um, we 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 were literally like terrible, and he used to, he came to every game, of course, because mm. to support me and
2: yeah,
1: um, yeah, the last game of the year was like Thanksgiving Eve or day, and it was freezing out, and I was playing safety, and the running back came up through the middle of the line, and full speed, and it was mm. my I had, I was the last guy that was going to tackle him before the end zone, and I did, and I he knocked it knocked me out completely. Wow. waking up and he was on the field. Um, and I was like, he's like, okay, we're done with this. We're, we're. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: dad. So,
1: so Mr. Mr. D going, you know, the old music teacher, uh, caught wind of that. And he showed up at my house one day, I was walking home from school and I, I saw his car outside and I was like, "Uh Oh, now. and, and, um, I, I came inside and he's like, so you want to wrestle? And so Mr. D was also the assistant coach of the wrestling team and was like, he's got to wrestle. He's got to do the drums and he's got to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, my dad had no experience with wrestling, but it was a one, it's a one-on-one sport. You, you, you're, you're matched with your weight. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's genius.
0: Yeah, it is. No, it was it was the perfect match. I just when I first first heard that story, I was like, "Oh, Mr. T, well done, well done, Mr. T, well done." Kind of tapping into what you need, what your father needed, and putting the two together.
1: Um, yeah, I I fell in love with it, and it gave me the confidence and the strength. Yeah, I started, I started to 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 sprout up, and I put some weight on, and you know things started to happen for me. Yeah. And, My father came to every match Mm. and fell in love with the sport beyond measure. Like, Mm. he made me a photo album my senior year because we won the state sectional championship and I won my match. We won as a team. And he was (laughs) so excited. He was literally (laughs) crawling on the mat, (laughs) like cheering for me. He, had so, he got so much joy in that. And um yeah. Yeah. it bonded us in, in in a way that he sort of didn't maybe necessarily get from at the early ages of the sports with baseball. And um it, it just it brought us closer. And he made this yeah. beautiful album for me, which I still have. He saved all of the magazine articles of every weekend's match
2: mm-hmm.
1: and pictures and sort mm-hmm. of all together and, and gave it to me. And and that was yeah. That was an awesome thing
0: yeah yeah I just I think back to the, you know just just take her a minute to think about um you know you are a dad now and you think about your your daughter but just think of the, the um you know his thoughts you know he was so adamant that he wanted the son to to be that athlete to to fulfill that need for him that he just loves sports so much and he desired that but he was so open to change he was so open to see um you know, and, and, see a perspective that, yeah, it isn't just him. This is you also. And, and, and looking and seeing, you know, seeing your desire to be, you know, to, to be involved with music and desire to, to be a musician. Um, I just, I just, I think it's a beautiful story of a, you know, of a, of a man, of a father who, who, you know, like you said, didn't, probably didn't have that growing up as a you know, for himself. And didn't have that support of that, that understanding and and that flexibility of a parent. Um, and he was able to find that he was able to find that flexibility and i just you know i just i to any parent out there just you know don't don't give up you can be flexible you can look beyond yourself and you and he did he looked beyond himself yep. and i just yeah i think it's a very uh, yeah i just uh, I commend him. I commend him for doing that. Cause that was not what he knew. That was not what he knew. And he had to change and grow and figure that out for himself as a new dad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He was
2: hmm. a young dad too. Yep. How old was he when you were born?
1: Let's see
3: early twenties, right? Yeah. Probably 24.
2: Young. Wow. Very young. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's, that's a lot. That's a lot for a 20 year old that I mean, if you think about the 20 year old and, and what's happening during that time frame, and that's, you know, he, he, he was young. He was young, very, very young and, and just, just beginning to to grow himself. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, in those times, you, you know, you grow up fast, you go to, you go to high school and then you go to the, you go to the service. Yeah. Yeah. But, you're, you get into a union or a full-time, some sort of full-time job for him, for, for him his path, this is his path. And sure. you're sort of forced to just grow up fast and yeah. you get married and you have a kid. Yeah. There yeah. you
0: are. There you are. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: So yeah. Stay, you plan to stay in that job until you retire and that's just your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's that, that, that was the way it was. That was the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, Mr. G. Sorry? Mr. G, right? Mr. D. Mr. D? Mr. D, yep. Yep. Mr. D, yeah.
1: Well, he continued to support me. He actually was my music teacher through elementary school. And then when I moved up into high school, he actually, the the high school teacher retired. So he wound up coming up to the high school. So I had him for nine years. Oh,
2: that's
1: But I had him. yeah i had him for five years in, in high school and three years seven yes yeah so eight years i had eight
0: him. years wow well, yeah
1: yeah all, all through um and um i graduated high school and i went to college um right away um didn't really know kind of what i wanted to do i went to a, a i went to a state school and i was able to commute because I wasn't really sure what what the story was yeah, yeah I knew I wanted to do music but I I you know I was in like local bands and stuff like that but nothing was kind of hitting and um I um so I went to school and I, I kind of minored in music um I took a I took a music class and the music teacher said to me you need to major in music and I went home and told my folks that and they, they were like, but what are you going to do with a music degree?
2: Mm-hmm, like,
1: mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, cause I don't know if I want to be a teacher, but you know, um, so I, I, I sort of just was like, man, eh, I'm not going to do that. So I took, I took minor, I took a minor in and, and I took psychology as my major. Actually, mm-hmm. I got my degree and I, I was on the five-year uh, plan because I had a motorcycle accident when I was 19 that took me out for a semester. Um, that was yeah. that was the worst of it. Thank God, um, I almost lost oh. my mind to yeah in a bad motorcycle accident. Um, so I came out of that. Actually, I graduated and I went to Europe after right after I graduated, and I backpacked for like five months. Mm. I saw where Beethoven and Chopin and did mm. mm. um, I yeah, it was it was an incredible experience. And when I came home from that, two weeks after I came home, I was playing in an open, like, blues jam at, at like, a a blues bar. I was playing drum. I sat in, and someone came over to me and said, I I have to introduce you to someone. And um, he introduced me to this woman, um, Vera, who became my music mentor. Mm. Sort of, like, took the place of D after high school.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. um, She was a concert pianist, debuted at Carnegie Hall when she was 12. And she gave music lessons, but they were, they were more like um, she just taught you how to be in your own process and find your process.
2: Yeah.
1: It wasn't just traditional, like sit down, play release or on the piano and learn that technique or learn how to sing opera. It was using the, the music greats, just for me, Chopin, Beethoven, Bach, Mm -hmm. taking little pieces of the music and really just sort of trying to find your voice and how that makes you feel in that and helping you develop as an artist, um, to find your own true voice.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That I found that I wanted to play and write and sing. And that began that journey. Yeah,
0: Well, it it did begin the journey, but, but you have forgotten something here in, in your story. Let's go back to, uh, mr d here because he said something to you way back when do you remember the exact sentence he said to you way back when
1: let's see um i don't know he said several
0: i well the one profound one do you know i'm trying to remember it was so i mean it was so profound but i'm trying to pull it out here right now but it was something when he when he tell when he when he uh came that day to um talk to you about the uh wrestling yeah he he had told your dad and he had told you um about the you know the, the power of of uh, what was it um, you know about a gro- growing was a process uh, about something about growing um yeah. do you remember is that coming back to you at all
1: yeah I, I can't remember at the moment um okay well
0: if it does pop in today let's let's i like to pull that in because it really wasn't very he yeah as you said he probably told you a lot of things and a lot of different times but that one kind of stood out when we had talked and i'm trying to remember the exact quote um but it'll it'll pop in here for two for me but uh
1: yeah growing is is a process
0: um it's okay well we'll continue on we'll continue on
1: um I don't know where 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 was I? I'm oh, to...
0: sorry. Yes. Yeah, so sorry. We were we were talking about your um, your college and and learning how to kind of take music and understand it from from, from little increments of growth within yourself. Also, so
1: my teacher, yeah, with my teacher. Um, so yeah, she she taught me how to find my own voice, and I discovered I wanted to to write songs and and do music like in that way instead of just playing drums in as a studio musician and and and, um so she gave me the tools that i needed to to go on my way with that and um i still use them to this day so i'm very grateful for that um i discovered that i can play some piano and through that and i started to play and write songs lyrics and sing melodies and um um because of that i was down in I was down in Nashville recording with, with an artist that, just jumping around here, but um, just because there were pivotal moments when I, I, I took a job playing drums for this artist in, in the city, not really into the music, but was like, I need to do this. And um, sorry. And uh, I don't know how to make that silent, but um, through that job, I, I, I went down and recorded some music with him in, in Nashville. And um, after that, I got back to New Jersey and he called me the next day and said, thank you for coming down for the six days. The recordings were great. I, I'd like you to meet someone. There's this music culture festival happening in South Korea and they need, they need a drummer, a percussionist. Mm-hmm. I, you, go, you should go audition. I went up going to the city the next day. And I sat down. I had no idea what I was doing. I just took <laughs> it. And I started just improvising. And within 15 minutes, like the four people that I was doing the improvisation for were like, "Okay, okay, stop. You're hired." <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks, we're gone. We're gone for six months. Well, oh. In City for like well, it was like five months, and I played drums over there and lived in a hotel and. <laughs> It was amazing. that There was a world culture festival, like I can't even remember how many countries performed there over the course of the world culture festival. We were 19 people and I was the drummer and percussionist. Um, and I met people from all over the world and it was an incredible experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny how, you know, you, 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 have, you have a gut feeling about doing something even though it might not necessarily look like on paper what you would want to be doing, but yeah. you're like, I need to do this. I need to do this for some reason. It always yeah. something else.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Those yeah. Those pivotal moments because that draft changed my life. Going and experiencing that um changed my life completely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and then, and that and that's the piece. It's, you know, it, it's you know, and I, this is the first time I've heard this story of of this one moment in your life. Um, we never really kind of got to that part. We were so focused on the childhood piece and how that was relevant to today um, and making a decision in your life today. And it's very interesting. I didn't know about that. That, that, that is a very pivotal moment. Um, even yeah. even backs up more your decision of what you decided to do today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. It's interesting that that never came up, but you, you know, that's, that's what it is. You know, we, we, we hit, we hit the, we hit the big ones and then, yeah, these pieces do come too, but
1: that, yeah, that Ooh. was,
0: so what's, so
1: I remember what Mr. D said now.
0: Oh, uh, see, I knew it would come up. What did tell him, tell him what Mr. D said.
1: Growing is a lifelong process and it's individual to everyone. And we grow in our own time. He said,
0: that's it. That's it. Say that again. Can you say it again, please?
1: Yes. He said, I, he said, growing is a lifelong process and it's unique to every person. And we grow in our own time. So just hang in there with it. Cause you know, you're growing in your own time and you're developing in your own time. And regardless of what people might think they want from you or when, you know, when they want it or when, um, for example, my friends were hitting like, um, a stage in their life when they were 15 where they were sprouting up and getting big and they were all figuring out already kind of what they were about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't there and I used to go to him and sort of like vent that in my own way. Like, yeah. you know, I, yeah. and he just gave me the confidence and the courage to continue to follow my process
2: yeah.
1: and said, you're a unique individual and to focus on the strengths and let everything else fall into place as they will. Yeah. And um, you know, that stays with me to this day. And yes. I know you've definitely yeah. helped me to find that again because I, I sort of I forgot, I had forgotten about it. I rediscovered that when we when we spoke about it early on in the sessions. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, no, definitely. And that's that was the piece that that was that was the magical piece right there to bring that. This is why we're doing this podcast today, because of what Mr. D said to you. That that statement encompasses every young child struggling, and I, every day the phone calls I get, and the emails I get, and the text messages I get, and the the you know, you know everything you've just described. I get every single day and for a child to, and a parent to hear that. Follow this process. Let it evolve. Let them. Let them unfold, right? Allow them to unfold. Yeah. So important. So important. And yeah, there's going to be struggles and yes, there's going to be hard times where they're going to be, the child's going to feel very uncomfortable and, and not in the right place. And, um, but we got to give them that hope that it, it, there is there, there is the right time for them. There is that time. And it may not be the time, you know, the same timing as their, their, their counterpart who's Grown six feet tall and you know has a beard and and I'm still having to even have a you know hit puberty yet, right <laughs> or I'm in the middle of puberty you yeah, know it's just it's just one example, but it's just you know kids see that yeah, that's how they compare themselves, yeah, they compare themselves to each other, they compare themselves to social media and all the pressures that are out there, and it's very difficult it's very, very difficult for them to hold fast to their timing, where their body is going, where their brain is going. And as parents, you know, once again, I just commend your father for allowing that to happen. Yeah. He could have easily have not done that. He could have easily have just said, Ronnie, no, you know, no, you're not playing saxophone. We're not going to support that. We're not going to rent that for you.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, but he, you know, he had he had the means. He did it. And that's a whole other piece, too. Right. He He
1: certainly. You know, so this is also something that brings me back to. The younger years, you know, with with both my dad and Mister D, um, so because I was I was have I was literally not growing physically. Yeah. I my parents got concerned. Yeah. We went to the doctor and they discovered that I was my my pituitary gland was was just lacking. It was slow. My bone age was like four years behind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Started to go to more doctors when I was like eight, nine years old, maybe ten, and I'm like, what's going on here? I can, I, it gave me the message that something was wrong with me.
2: Yeah.
1: If I can't grow on my own. and what, what But through that process, we found that I needed to take some medication to mm-hmm. get back in line in my body.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. It was a medication that was, was expensive. And it just so happened that my father's union was able to help with insurance to cover the medication so that I was wow. able to do this, to get the help that I needed.
0: Wow. 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 wow.
1: My father was like, "If this is going to help my kid get to where he needs to get in life and go on his way, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Yeah." And so, so there it was. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. I think- and and Ronnie, I I I think I shared with you at that moment too. I have uh, three three young boys right now who are going through that same piece um, within my with that I work with. Um, you know, it's it's not uncommon, and I you know I think it's a good alert to put out to parents um, is to be aware of, of how our bodies grow. And if you, if we're not reaching those, those landmarks, uh, those developmental moments, you know, there is, there is help out there and there is, uh, research and there is, um, you know, science is, is very, very, uh, can very much help with this. So, um, yeah, definitely reach out, reach out to your pediatrician and uh, take those steps for sure.
1: Yeah. They, they definitely noticed and recognized it. And, you know, I think, you know, no one really knows for sure whether I was going to just eventually grow on my own or if this medication was was going to help me. Yeah. yeah. Really can't you can't know because there's no possible way to tell.
0: There's no, there's no yeah. There's no magic ball, right? There's no magic ball to make that prediction. What we have to do, we have to make the best decisions at the best, at that moment. We have to make the best informed decisions that we can for our family, for our children, and for ourselves. Yeah. And- And that's where you are right now.